And would you show your math, please? Would I show my math? Oh, no. You don't want to see my math, ever. Hello! Hi! Welcome to We Don't Deserve Dogs. It's a really exciting episode today. I'm just going to get right into it. so Mm -hmm. exciting. Who are you? I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. I'm Richie Redding. (laughs) Yeah. Our guest, she's an influencer known for her phenomenal page, Hunger for Words. She's a dog mom. She's a speech pathologist. She's that gal on IG that taught her dog to talk. She's the offer, offer. She's the offer. She's the author of the new hit book, How Stella Learned to Talk. It's Christina Hunger. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah I, I think Richie could use some of your services, Christina. What do you think? Given that intro? <laughs> <laughs> What's that called? What, what kind of lisp is that when you make a T-H uh, and F? I know there's a name for everything. Oh, it's a substitution, but... No need to worry about <laughs> it. Okay, well, it's also Lisa's favorite thing when I mess up words. Well, so. <laughs> I, I, I get a little, I get a little credence, I think, because I grew, I had a lisp growing up. So I'm very, so oh. I'll start off by saying thank you for all of the work that you do because I am very thankful. So, do you still? teach people to speak properly or do you only teach dogs to talk now? (laughs) Right now I'm only teaching my dog. I um, stopped seeing kids for a bit to write my book, How Stella Learned to Talk. And now I'm focused on helping other people teach their dogs how to talk. Well, so I guess I'm curious a little bit about your original background. There's so many facets of speech pathology. I think people don't even know. So for like example, also thankful to speech pathologists because when my father was on the ventilator due to COVID, um, after 20 days, he was intubated all 20 days, which I guess apparently like most speech pathologists had never seen. But you guys were the ones to teach him to learn to swallow again, really, and swallow his food and his spit and like everything else like that. So there's so many facets. So you work with kids. Yes. With kids like Richie and I. Yes. So there are so many parts of speech therapy. You're totally right. And a lot that most people don't even know about, but um, I've always worked with kids and I worked a lot with kids with some pretty significant disabilities in which they weren't able to speak using verbal speech like most of us are able to. So with that, we have to find another way for these kids to communicate, to express language, because language and speech are two totally different things. And just because you might not be able to talk, it doesn't mean you don't have anything to say or can't communicate with words in a different way. So I had all of this experience working with kids using communication devices to teach them to talk. And so that's, and that's my favorite part about speech therapy. I, I love it so much and it's, it's so rewarding to help someone, you know, who hasn't even had a voice, a way to express themselves for years, finally be able to say their first words and communicate for the first time. That's great. And that's, that obviously lends itself nicely to where we get the communication with the dogs and how Stella learned to talk, right? Because 
nonverbal communication. It's it's all there. So that was the foundation. Makes so much sense. Yeah, is it a lot of like nonverbal autistic kids or? Yep. Yeah, autism was a really big population of kids that I worked with. Um, Down syndrome, a lot of things. And um, after I worked with uh, kids who use communication devices, I got another job working in early intervention, which is all toddlers who are one and two years old who have a lot of delays in their language development. So in this setting, I was teaching the parents how to help their children develop language and uh, be able to communicate. So first I had the experience with communication devices and then the really focused experience in language development and teaching parents how to facilitate this. So it was like the perfect storm of job opportunities to help yeah. me do what I've done with Stella. So would you say that you've gone from doing God's work to doing dog's work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Would you? <laughs> we want that for the sound, but please say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the spot. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's go into your... Yeah, so, so did you, I guess, so then going back to back, back, did you grow up with pets? How did you find your love of pets and come to find Stella? Oh my gosh. I wanted a dog (laughs) so badly when I was little. Um, I had really bad asthma though. And so I couldn't have a dog. My family couldn't have a dog for a while. And I was so obsessed with dogs that I would collect every type of stuffed dog. I would get robotic dogs and I would beg my parents to let me buy my robotic dog bones and toys and food at the store. My parents even got me a turtle because I was so wanting a dog and couldn't have one. So I had to have a different type of pet. But finally, when I was about 10, my asthma got a lot better and I was able to get, or my family was able to get our first dog we had a boxer named Wrigley after the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, but swapping a turtle for a dog is a downer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was a lot more fascinating than I thought she would be. She was super active. <laughs> I would bring her on little walks in our front yard. I would pet her, her little shell. But not quite the same. <laughs> you were super active. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> you were just bringing her to dog places. And she was like, all right, I guess I'll come out of my shell. <laughs> so tell us about uh, about Wrigley. Yeah, she oh, she was such a sweet girl. Um, she was very fun and playful and very vocal, very communicative. And I remember my dad would always point to her and say, this dog gets as close to talking as she can get. And he would say that over and over again. It was so true. She just had so much to express. And obviously this is way before I had any of the knowledge that I have now about communication. But I saw from a young age, you know, how expressive dogs can be and just how much love they give and how great of a part of the family they are. I just picture 10 year old Christina here and her dad say that be like challenge accepted old man. <laughs> challenge Wait, accepted. Yeah. 15 years. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> You'll see what's up. <laughs> so scooting along, I, I feel like there is so much to get to. Yeah. So when was your first pet on your own? Was Stella your first pet? Yep. Yep. Stella was my first pet besides some beta fish that I had. But um, (laughs) yeah, I, when I moved in with my boyfriend at the time, husband now, Jake, I was dying to get a dog and he was excited to have a dog someday, but didn't know just how quickly I wanted to move forward with this pursuit. 
And with, honestly, it was like within a few weeks of moving in together, we found Stella <laughs> and brought her home. Your dog clock was thumping. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find her? On Craigslist, actually. So nice. we okay. really wanted to adopt a dog from a shelter. Um, I, I wanted to get an adult dog. I didn't even um, to get a puppy at first. And it just wasn't working out with shelters. It can be so hard. Oh, yeah. It can be so hard. Like it, people don't realize like I'm the medical director of a rescue. And I mean, we, you know, the applications, the amount of applications and just people who are kind of not prepared. So I guess it's just a good lesson. Like you got to, it's so much work. Like you got to really be on it. You got to be on there. And I have so many friends who have gone, yeah, to breeders or other places because they just literally couldn't get from a rescue. I know veterinarians who can't who rescues have turned away wow. for some crazy reason or another. So yeah, rescues can be tough. Yeah. Right? It, was, okay. um, it was a good lesson. Cause I was really expecting yeah. that to work out, but it, you know, I was flexible right. and I think it worked out for the best getting a puppy. Okay. Based on our other podcast was the handoff from this Craigslist puppy done in a parking lot of some sort. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Still got Target? Was it a Target? It was a high V parking lot. Oh, that's high bougie. V. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I feel good that 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 the Craigslist yeah. <laughs> credo of we will make this happen like a hostage exchange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Public place, well lit, bring a bag of cash, we'll bring a dog. <laughs> but did it, did it, was there shady vibes to it or? A little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, let's meet, you know, in the high V parking lot, we'll be in the back, you know, we'll, we'll be the ones with the dogs. So a little shady, but it all worked out, I guess. Oh, so there were multiple. So how so um, how old was she when you got her? She was only eight weeks old. Oh, eight weeks, so wow. little baby. Yeah, you have photos of her on your on your page. So where she's cute. a pup. She's she adorable. Cute. And did you know when you brought her home? Because you started really early with her, right? I saw like that throwback with her learning to go outside, which kind of reminds me of like the jingle bells, mm-hmm. right? That people were using. So did you know you were going to do that from her? I no, I didn't. I but I got the idea really quickly. It was I think four days after. I brought Stella home is when I ordered my first box of buttons. So it was within the first mm-hmm. couple of days that I had this idea. I was just observing her communication and was so fascinated by how many milestones she shared with toddlers. And I, I just, once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it and I had to right. try something. So the communication button things, those are this, the same things that you would use in your work with children? So they're not the exact same because when I work with kids who use communication devices, they have devices that have thousands of words and then they look like wow. um, iPads that have apps with you know thousands of different symbols that say words. So those buttons can be used with those types of devices to help kids scan through like a bunch of word options if they can't actually select a button with their finger due to like motor issues, but yeah. I just knew that I needed some sort of other button that Stella would be able to access with her paw or with her nose, something that she could hit that would say a word. Okay. So, I mean, I, I feel like you've, you've probably explained this process a thousand times in, in interviews, right? Uh, but like, what were the first few things that she was taught to do? And 
what is is that a starting point for other people if they want to try like is it is there a formula to it basically yeah but don't give it all away because it's in the book <laughs> there's a lot of things you know that go into it but the very foundation was just noticing Stella's communication patterns and um, why she was possibly communicating you know the function for her communication and then putting words to it so I just narrated Stella's actions as if she were a child and I knew they were hearing what I was saying and understanding. And so I put words to what she was doing and then showed her how she could say that word by modeling use of the buttons, you know, during all the appropriate times. So really starting with some simple words that she was already communicating for, like um, in my book, I talk about starting with um, outside play and water because she was already communicating for those functions, you know, wanting to go outside uh, to go to the bathroom, initiating play with a toy or pawing at her water dish to let me know it was empty. So I just put words to those gestures that she was already showing. So every time she hits the water, you say water. Yes. So, you know, and every time she was already drinking water, I would push the water button. She would hear me saying water and then pushing her water button, you know, a bunch of times in a row as she's drinking water. So then she knows eventually after, you know, a lot of practice and repetition, if I need water or, you know, my bowl's empty, I always hear this water word and I see, you know, this person pushing down this button. I can do that too, to say water. I feel like every year we see the articles come out with like the border collie on like the cover of Time magazine, right? Where they know like a hundred plus words. Do you think they can know more than a hundred words? How many is Stella up to? So what she knows and what she can say are two different things because the fact of the matter is dogs' receptive language skills are so phenomenal. There was Chaser, the Border Collie, who learned over a thousand words, which was just amazing. And, um, you know, I think if Stella had access to hundreds and maybe even a thousand words, maybe she could say that many, but just with the the space of the buttons and how many you can have at once, it does limit how much she's able to show that she knows. But Right now, we're close to 50 words for her actually saying, which is incredible. Yeah, and it's every, crazy. I, I mean, saying is, is hitting the button for it, right? Yes. Does there come a point when you don't have to say the word anymore when, when she hits a button? Like when, so like I don't have to model it anymore or? Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure of, of your. Yeah, verbiage, she just hits the but, but she, when she wants like, something, when she wants to go outside, she hits outside. When right, she, but like you don't say collar anymore at a certain point when she wants to put her collar on. Oh, Yeah. I mean, so she's learned to be very independent with it. Like I just had to give her a lot of cues starting out to help her learn. And now she, all the words on her board, she just says totally on her own. And, um, you know, when she is thinking about something or wants to talk about something. Is it a lot of of treat motivation that that you're doing or is it beatings? Because Lisa believes in beatings. Neither. It's neither. (laughs) No? Uh, Actually, people would probably be pretty surprised to know that I I literally never ever gave Stella a treat for using a button even her food buttons I mean or she has one button that says eat and so obviously I would give her food with that but otherwise no treats at all which is really cool it's just the natural response to communication that I would provide so the me 
with the word. Right. Wow. So you weren't bribing her at all. I nope. can't say that you were bribing her yeah, to so use the buttons. It's yeah. been, it's so cool just to see how strong her desire is to communicate. Like there's no other, I'm not giving her treats to do something. I'm not even telling her say this and then she says it and then we go do something. It's just after so much of me showing her how she can say these words and giving her the opportunity to learn, she's just taken it and run with it. I mean, she uses words for completely different functions now that I never would have anticipated. She uses words in such unique ways to combine together and say completely new things. Is there ever a time that you've regretted teaching her words? So like, she, you know, because you taught her to ask if she's going for a walk all the time. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, well, I gave her this power. So. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I hear outside in a day is just, <laughs> right. it's really significant. <laughs> we hear outside pretty constantly. But so, you know, there are times when I'm thinking I, I created this. I mean, I can't, I don't have anyone else to blame, but myself, but (laughs) it is also, you know, pretty interesting to see just how often she is thinking about outside. Like I, I had no idea. I knew she liked it, but she's, she loves, loves, loves outside. What are some of the, the more complicated words that she knows? Yeah. So she, we're working on some question words right now, which has been really fun. So like where, when, so we hear when outside all the time, if um, (laughs) we're not able to take her right away outside, when outside, but anyway, um, when, who, where, um, happy, mad, those are, it's, it's pretty interesting to hear, you know, when she's feeling happy or mad, um, she knows our names. She knows, some prepositions like on and off. So I introduced on and off with the intent of her being able to tell me if she wanted her collar or leash on or off. Because I started wondering, I wonder if she actually has preferences about, you know, when she wants her collar or leash on, because it's it's just something that the human normally decides for the dog. But Stella started using off to tell me to get off the couch so that she could take my spot. So that um, has just been really funny to witness my dog telling me to get off the couch so she can She's going to decide how those words are used. Yeah. And what do you say I, to that? You know, I, I say yes. I mean, that my dog's telling me something <laughs> so amazing. She's, she's kind of running the house a little bit. Stella, yeah, I have a feeling Stella gets what Stella she, wants. So. Yeah. She does. And so how old is she now? She's three. She, oh, she's, so she's, she's young. And she's what been, makes her mad? Oh, Richie really wants to know what makes her mad. (laughs) When we can't go outside, (laughs) when it's raining, (laughs) if we, if we're making dinner later than usual, like she, she's a very routine oriented dog. So that's something I've been really surprised by is just, even if Jake and I are doing something that doesn't like involve Stella, but it's like not at the right time, she's upset by it. Like she, she really likes her her routine order and how things are supposed to go. Oh yeah, I've seen dogs. I mean their their sense of circadian rhythm is amazing. I've seen dogs who will bark like right at five o'clock for dinner, like yep. every single night. It's unbelievable. So dogs, dogs really do thrive on routine and, and we know that, but now she's able to express it. And when she's mad at you. So. Yep. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't ask, does she tell you when she's going to make a onesie or a twosie? 
<laughs> no, she doesn't. Um, those would be good words to add, though. I think if I could go back, I might have actually started that from the beginning because I do wonder sometimes, like, why outside? Tell us why outside. So I think that would be pretty yeah. helpful. There, I mean, it's a, a credo of this podcast is that it's never too late to teach your dog how to say poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to try it poop out. Poop is a good word. <laughs> we are believers. She'll think of you yeah. every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting, getting the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. So, okay, so she's so she's three, So and she's been healthy this whole time? Yeah, she's been she's been really healthy. There was one time... When she got kennel cough, however, oh. back, I think it was one of the first times that we had her stay somewhere when we were going out of town. Mm-hmm. And oh, it was so sad hearing oh, so her sad. cough so much. And yeah. while this was happening, she was up, you know, throughout the night, coughing, coughing. And the two words that she said on repeat pretty much were help and no. Oh. It was just, it was heartbreaking to one hear your dog coughing and you just you know so loudly and intensely and then to actually hear her asking for help and saying no like something's wrong so that was pretty sad yeah well and also I mean kennel cough already is the saddest sound yeah dog cough is just like it's hard and it's hard because it's hard to control right there's not a ton even the cough suppressants don't work that well and kennel kennel cough runs rampant like it's so infectious even if a dog is vaccinated for kennel bordetella which is just one of the components of kennel cough um it just runs completely rampant so oh what that's i was wondering that because she was vaccinated but you know, still, is it kind of like the flu where there's different strains or something? Yeah. It's sort of this perfect storm. Did she get the Moderna or the Pfizer? (laughs) (laughs) Johnson, Johnson. Oh, one shot and done. One One shot and done. done. Yeah. I mean, don't laugh. Gorillas have gotten it now at the LA Zoo. Gorillas got got it before you did. Yeah, before me. That's right. Um, And that's okay because they're around a ton of people and the zookeepers and we know that people had given it to them. So um, they really, they really deserve it, I think, for being in the zoo. So Anyway, so Bordetella is just a, so it's Bordetella uh, pertussis in babies. We know as whooping cough, it's Bordetella bronchoseptica in dogs. So it's a little bit of a different strain, but it's not just Bordetella. It's also a combination of like different viruses. So kennel cough is this like perfect storm of when these different viruses and the Bordetella bacteria come together and make kennel cough. So yeah, I I come across a ton of dogs who unfortunately, um, it's just not 100% effective and there are other components to it. So I see it all the time where we give them Bordetella and they get it anyway. But probably she was younger then. She's more, yeah. she's older. She's more immune competent now. So hopefully that won't happen. Fingers crossed because that was sad. Yeah, I, you're going to have to make, <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing her like if she ever needs to like stay overnight somewhere at the hospital somewhere, she'll need a little hospital board. Yeah, like, seriously. Now, so they can communicate with her. Yeah. Do but th- hopefully she won't though I hope also. Not. That's yeah. not, do you yeah. have buttons that you can take on the road? Yeah, so we, we do take her board with us. It is rather large, but it's gotten it's pretty nice. big. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice that it all stays together now so that um, we can just throw it in the car. And, and she's so happy when we bring her board places with us. Like sometimes <laughs> we'll be unpacking things and we don't grab her board first. And then when we do grab her board, she's wagging her tail. She's licking our faces. She'll say yes or love you or happy. So she gets a lot more comfortable when she has it with her because that way she can fully express herself. 
So how does Stella interact with other dogs? Yeah, she she does great with other dogs. She grew up most of her life in San Diego. So we took her to the dog beach and the dog park every day. So she loves playing with other dogs. Um, she's very vocal, though. I think, you know, that's something that a lot of people ask me about is, does she still bark? Does she still whine? And she definitely does with other dogs. And then when she's communicating with us, I feel like she uses her board first. And then if she's not getting her needs met, then she'll go to like vocalizing. Hmm. Is there anything that you get asked really commonly or anything you want people to know about the book or her words? Yeah. I mean, I get asked all kinds of questions. I think, yeah. you know, one of the biggest things that people are wondering is, can I do this with my own dog? And the answer is yes. And um, I talk about that a lot in my book. I give tips at the end of each chapter for um, dog owners who are wanting to teach their own dogs some words. And um, I just think it's, it's so important whether, you know, people teach their dogs how to use buttons or not, just recognizing all of their dog's forms of communication and thinking about what your dog could possibly know and be trying to tell you is just invaluable and will help your relationship so much. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's revolutionizing the dog world. So I think we'll learn uh, so much from this. Follow-up uh, question. Can cats do this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. You know, I don't know too much about cats. I was super allergic growing up, so I didn't have a lot of experience with cats, but I recently saw um, a friend who has two cats and I was just fascinated watching them play together and watching how communicative they were to their humans. And I just, that's all I was thinking about while watching them was they could totally have some buttons, like absolutely. (laughs) So, and I know some other cats have success with the buttons. I would love to, to learn more about that. Cool. So cool. I think cats can do it. My my short answer is no. Dogs are better. Dogs are better. <laughs> do you have any questions for the the doctor over here? Ooh, let's see. <laughs> so. Stella. Stella, I've always been curious about her paw sensitivities. So like, it seems like she, uh, her paws are very sensitive and it's so hard to like clip her nails or do anything with her paws, but I want to keep them healthy and everything. Do you have any tips for that or reasons for that? Yeah. So a lot of dogs definitely don't love their paws touch and that's because they do have, um, they have a ton of nerve endings in there. There's Mm -hmm. actually like special names for the nerve endings. I won't bore you with, but, um, they're sensitive to both like light. They're sensitive to different kinds of pressure. So long story short is yeah, most dogs definitely don't like their paws touched. Um, as far as like their nails go, you know, it is important to keep them as trimmed as possible. I personally use because she doesn't like it and I like to go as quickly as possible. And I'm really not usually the ones doing nail trims. I use a groomer for (laughs) Chloe. I have made very good friends with the luxury (laughs) groomer who I love, we love very much. And she dremels Chloe's nails. So um, we do like a tiny little trim. And then I'm sure Stella probably has like some thick nails too, but dremeling is great. It's like a grinding nail file basically. Um, So you have to be careful. It's It's like a rotating 
nail filer. It spins like yeah. a drill bit. It's yeah, it spins like a drill it's bit. A it actually drill is. Bit. You get the piece from like Home Depot, and then it's just like sandpaper, and uh, you just it's almost like filing their nails down, so you don't have that risk of like hitting their quick, you know, Got their, it. Yeah. their vessel and their nerve. Um, although it can get hot, so you just you need to be careful and know what you're doing. But a lot of dogs like it better than the clipping because it has a lot of pressure when you clip down. There's a lot of pressure on that. Mm-hmm. Well, we have prepared for you a a Cosmo style quiz, a personality test rather, so that we can better get to know your beloved Stella. All right. You would. You're going to rank these things on a scale from one to 10. Let's talk about her savagery. Yeah. <laughs> one to 10. I would say a seven. And would you show your math, please? Would I show my math? Oh, no. You don't want to see my math ever. <laughs> Same Z's girl. Same Z's. Okay. Language. You, no, no. Okay. Science let, and biology. Let me, not let math, me put that I a different you. way. Would you use your words oh, to yes, describe Danny, how you arrived at a seven? <laughs> well, Miss Stella, you know, she does express exactly what she's thinking. So, there are times when she wants to be alone and she will tell us it's Christina by or Jake by <laughs> or Christina later. Oh my gosh. I talk about that in my book. The, we had a lot of friends um, back way before the pandemic <laughs> visiting with Stella and she was so happy going around in a circle and seeing all these new people. And I called her over. I'm like, Stella, come here. I wanted to join in and pet her. And she walked over to her board and said, Christina, later. So, like, you know, I can I can see you anytime, but these people are for me now. Yeah. Funny. I feel like all of these are, like, such obvious throwbacks. We always say special yeah. skills. Other than talking, <laughs> does she have any special skills? Special skills other than talking would be, oh, carrying, like, five-foot-long sticks on the sidewalk. Oh, that's a home. skill. She is a champ at that. That's a I'm good a, one. I'm a sucker I think for we, that. Do we have video of that? It's got to be on the gram somewhere, I'm sure. There's a no? picture. There's a picture so, okay. there. So funny. I'm a huge sucker for <laughs> yeah, a dog with a, an absurdly long yeah. stick, uh, <laughs> especially if they're they're carrying it in the wrongest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like all the way at one end. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. oh, I am, I'm smitten with that. Yeah. Let's talk about her street smarts. We know she's mm. book smart, but how would she fare on the mean streets of the suburbs or exurbs perhaps of Chicagoland, the greater Chicagoland area? You know, I don't think too well. I think that one might be like a three or a four. She she gets pretty startled pretty easily by, you know, anything that's really out of the ordinary. And um, she'll kind of jump back if we're out on a walk and if like a, a car goes by that's way louder than usual, she's very hyper aware. And so I think I think that'd be a struggle for her. She has some noise aversion. Yeah. Interesting. That is something I would also like to learn more about if you have any information about that noise aversion? Yeah, um, I mean it, it is. It's so common, right? I mean, especially at times of year like um, July Fourth, right? Fireworks, thunder. Mm-hmm. So she is she sensitive to thunderstorms or fireworks? She hasn't been in too many thunderstorm situations, but fireworks, yeah. She 
she gets pretty jumpy with that. Yeah. So um, I have I have a whole highlight on this. Um, but basically, yeah, there's there's so many things that you can do. I mean, where I come in is really so there's two parts to it, right? I think there's like the uh, medical therapy and there's the training version, which probably you are very interested in. I come in in more of the medical capacity um, when we need drugs or calming agents. But there's so many things that you can do. Um, I do have a really good highlight on my page, so I will direct people there. But um, it's basically you know, making sure that they're safe indoors, turning on some background noise. So things like classical, there's actually a study that shows that dogs actually prefer classical or reggae music. They did a study with dogs <laughs> in shelters um, and to see like what calmed them the most. And so it was classical or reggae, Aww. but any background noise will do white noise machines, TV, things like that, um, that you can play kind of at low level to try your best to drown out. Obviously closing all the doors and windows, you want to make sure that they're safe in case they try to run, having a collar or microchip on them with their information. Mm -hmm. And then I am a big fan of drugs so or supplements. So there are supplements that you can get over the counter like melatonin and L-theanine. I love, I take like before I go to bed. There's one particular supplement called Composure Treats, which has both those things in them that I would say to give probably either the morning of or the night before the fireworks and then about two hours prior to the fireworks. And we give it before because, you know, once you have that wind up, once all those, you know, excitatory like neurotransmitters are bound and they have that anxiety and they're up here, it's way harder to come back down to here. Couldn't so, you also condition them with an increasingly loud explosion yeah, so inside your house? <laughs> well, yeah, actually. You know, start that, with a little firecracker. That is a training technique. So like when Chloe was little. Sticks, right? Half sticks, yeah, dynamite. That is a train. So when, when <laughs> that that is actually like counter conditioning to noise aversions is is starting with something that they're afraid of. So for example, Chloe hates the beeping, fire alarm beeping. She will, pay, the girl will, I mean, she looks like she's in Blair Witch Project. Her nose. She pees her oh. pants. She pees her yeah. pants. She does. She pees her pants. Oh. So we were working on basically playing it at extremely low levels where she, she does not phase her at all, giving her treats, giving her positive reinforcement, and then very, very gradually increasing those sounds. So there are like thunderwork um Thunderwork, thunder, thunderstorm. I'm going to just combine them. Thunderwork. There are thunderstorm and <laughs> firework tapes that you can play to help also counter condition them. Um, and that's, you know, it's a slow, slow process. So not everybody wants to do it. So that's so yes usually where I come in, in, the house. in the, with drugs. I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I'll is, tell Jake. I'll just yeah. start lighting fireworks. Yeah. This has been a big episode for me. I've been right a lot. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there are drugs. I would say see your veterinarian, a big fan of drugs. Christina, you were every bit <laughs> of the guest that we hoped that you would be. We knew you would be. And um, Thank but you. yeah, before we do our final segment, can you tell people again where to get your book? All the things. Yeah, yeah. You can find my book, How Cell Learn to Talk, anywhere that you buy books. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local indie store. You can go to my website, hungerforwords.com slash book. It has all the options for where you can purchase it. You can get uh, your paper copy or you can get an audio book or on your Kindle with an ebook. So it's all out there. I would love for you to hear the story of me teaching Stella to talk and hopefully be inspired to teach your own dog as well. Yeah. Rich is going to do it. Well, the audio book is actually narrated by Stella. A lot of people <laughs> uh, you know, you laugh, but right. her voice is in there. Oh. It really is. Ooh. Of course it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of review should they leave? Should they uh, enjoy the book? How many stars would would uh, would 
would you, would you prefer? Oh, I mean, a five-star review would be amazing, <laughs> but I want people's honest opinions and, you know, I want people to be authentic. So however they felt about it. Fuck all that. Five star <laughs> reviews, people. Five stars for Christina Hunger. And, uh, and that brings us to our final segment. Uh, it's, it's time to determine by way of a quiz if you, Christina Hunger, deserve dogs. You know what it is. It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. Question one. This week, a tweet went viral because a man was extremely unhappy with a grooming job performed by PetSmart. He told them via Twitter to, quote, count your days, PetSmart, because they did what to his grandmother's dog? They shaved everything but her down there, making her look like a 70s porn star. They gave her a skin-tight cut except for a crazy double pony up top, making her look like Sid from Ice Age. They only shaved out the dome of her head, and she looked like Ben Franklin. Or they gave her a sweet-ass mullet, and she looked like Richie Reddick. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with B. That is correct. Uh, yes, it wow. got 90,000 retweets at the time of my of me writing this quiz. But yeah, a beautiful Shih Tzu was supposed to get a traditional grooming job with a, a trim of its silky hair and some bows. Instead, it came out looking like a prehistoric Leguizamo weasel. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, though. Oh no, they jacked this dog oh, okay. up, dude. It's hilarious looking. I, I, I I highly recommend looking it up. Uh, Question two, you're one for one. This past fall, a New York City resident sued a pet shop regarding her new expensive poodle puppy, Coco. Why did she sue them? For the dog coming home with a squeaker toy in it, like in the movie Snatch, because the dog was racist, because the dog was a raging anti-Semite, or because they wouldn't let her take the dog home on the expected day. I'm going to go with D. I'm sorry, it was actually (laughs) anti-Semitic. No, 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 you were right. You were right. Uh, This woman, who is an attorney, sued them for $50,000 because she had formed a massive emotional bond, and they were inflicting pain on her by not letting her take Coco home on the agreed-upon date just because... Because Coco had terrible kennel cough. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Back to the kennel cough. Yeah. yeah, that woman's an asshole. Uh, okay. <laughs> New York City. You're yeah. two for two. Let's see if you can take it to the house. All right. Question three. A cat in England went viral this past fall because it got into a staring contest with a film and literally didn't blink for about 45 seconds. Why was this cat so enthralled? Because it was the Tom and Jerry movie? the film adaptation of Cats, a documentary showing five million birds, or the Jizz Lane sex tapes of Trump and Clinton. <laughs> it's got to be the birds, right? That is correct. Yes. All birds. All it took was five million birds on a big screen TV, <laughs> and this cat looks like it's rolling on that good good. But uh, it turns out you deserve, you deserve dogs. dogs. Yay. Yay. You did it. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, and people, are, we, we want them to be like your 800,000th follower with uh, your Instagram, which is? Hunger for words. That is correct. H-U-N-G-E-R. Number four words. Nailed it. Well, you were awesome. Yes, thank you thank so much you for doing so this. Much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet. Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian. The Podglomer. A Sonic Universe.